0: Welcome to the Dermatology Podcast, the official podcast of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology. I'm Christopher Horskamp.
1: And I'm Cicci Lumetmar.
0: And we are your hosts. Today we'll be speaking with the Editor-in-Chief of the new JEADV Clinical Practice, Antonio Torrello.
2: Well, the JEADV Clinical Practice, or GACP in abbreviation, is a new journal. It's an open-access, online-only journal.
1: We'll come back to that in a moment. But first...
0: Face-to-face courses are back. Specialists, residents, and now nurses all have the possibility to attend EADV organized courses. We are looking forward to meeting you in some of the most beautiful cities in Europe. To see what's coming up next, go to EADV.org and check under Face-to-Face Education. And...
1: If you're not an EADV member, have you thought about becoming one? Benefit from access to on-demand webcasts, online courses, 17 medical journals, including EADV's esteemed JADV, over 20 textbooks, reduced fees for congresses and symposia, and much, much more. Just go to EADV.org under membership for more information.
0: And so we're here with Dr. Torello, who will be telling us a bit about his research in pediatric dermatology and his new role as editor-in-chief of the JEACP. Dr. Torello, thank you for joining us today.
2: Well, thank you very much. It's my real pleasure to be here with you and also to share this conversation with, uh, with the EADV community.
0: You've been very active in the field of pediatric dermatology. Besides practice, your activities also involve teaching, research, publication, editorial duties, and active participation in several scientific associations, including the EADV. How and why did you choose to focus on pediatric dermatology?
2: Well, in in fact, it was not my decision. It was life that led me to pediatric dermatology. I had, a, when I finished my residency, uh, I had had a rotation period in in the children's hospital where I am now, and um, the boss in the department gave me an opportunity to join them. And uh, e- even though it was not in 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 the beginning one of my one of my favorite uh, pushes, possibilities, but I I think. I lacked opportunity, and I decided to, to to go right away for pediatric dermatology.
0: And so, in your time, what have you learned? What are the most crucial skills of a pediatric dermatologist?
2: Well, I would say it's it's um, the main skill is knowledge and the, um, practicing, and knowledge that those are the two most important things uh, to be a pediatric dermatologist. But furthermore, there are some skills you need because you're especially for surgical or 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 procedures in in children you need a lot of uh, patience and a lot of um, time and you need to be calm and uh, you know it, it's 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 something you get to through the time and you in the end you you deal with children as as to your preferred patients but in the beginning it, it may sound a bit difficult but uh, uh, in the end, uh, it's it's most rewarding.
0: What are the most important differences between the responsibilities of a pediatric dermatologist and a dermatologist who concentrates on adults?
2: Well, in principle, you have to deal with different conditions. So sometimes uh, children may have the same conditions as adults, but there are certain uh, specific uh, diseases that you only see in childhood, or they start in childhood and they may look different to, to what you see in adults. And uh, you also have responsibility to know about the, the drug, uh, drug doses and about uh, certain drugs that you cannot use in children and some others that uh, need some specific uh, requirements for the use in children. And also you need um, to be careful with, with the procedures um, um, that you practice in children that you may have different complications. And uh, in this way, I think you need a specific training and in pediatric in, in in managing children for so for this this is why it's so important to be uh uh to be acquainted with with pediatrics and the, how the pediatricians think because they have a, a different way of thinking than than we dermatologists do i am a dermatologist by training but uh, i know of wonderful colleagues who are pediatricians by training and they have uh, uh, then after pediatrics they have uh, focused on 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 dermatology. So there are two ways to lead to a a common end, but uh, the way of thinking may be a little bit different, but I I think you get an idea of the specialty by the two ways.
0: What are some of the challenges when treating children belonging to different age groups?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's completely different to treat with with an infant or a newborn than treating with a a teenager. And uh, you, you never... Uh, you, you have to treat them with great respect, but uh, I think the way of to treat them is uh, a bit different than what you do with adults. For example, if you're dealing with the, with, the baby, with a baby, with a newborn or a, or a very young infant, uh, in my opinion, these are the best patients you can ever see because they never lie to you. If you're being painful to them, they will cry. Mm-hmm. If not, they will be happy to see you. And uh, for me, these are my preferred patients, the infant and young, uh, young infants and newborns. But then they grow to preschool, preschool children. Then they become scholars. And then they become teenagers. And ha- they have different points of view. They have different uh, attitudes toward the disease. They have different ways of, of how the skin is perceived. For example, uh, a three-year-old uh, child is usually not uh, caring about the personal image, but uh, after four or five years of age, they become comp- completely aware of their image. And so they begin having cosmetic or aesthetic problems if they have uh, visible dermatosis. So the way uh, to know how children are developing is very important to develop a, a good com- com- understanding of what, the, what they need, what they want, or what they, they, are, they expect from you.
0: Let's talk about prevention. Children are very curious, and not all children are quite so good at consistency in maintaining their healthy skincare practices. As a doctor who works with children, we imagine prevention could play a big role in your daily practice. What strategies do you use to teach preventative skincare behaviors from early on?
2: Well, we all know prevention is very important, especially for for sun damage, and uh, this should be started in in very early infancy. Uh, The first strategy is to focus on parents. Because parents are providing healthcare to their young children, and then when they become aware um, and they are uh, older, you can uh, teach them on how to how to prevent uh, skin diseases and how to lead good uh, habits regarding diet, sun exposure, sports, and so on. I think this is a, a daily a daily job. It's um, it's something that with your attitude and with your with the doctors' perspectives and with the doctors' uh, advice in in every uh, in in every in the daily practice, this is the the way you can you can achieve a good uh, a good uh, prevention uh, strategy. So of course you can also focus on on lectures on on handouts, but I think it's uh, uh, the relationship uh, the the with with your with the parents uh, and also with the, with, the, with the children when they grow up, what they perceive and wh- when they see that uh, prevention is necessary and you explain to them.
0: And so a lot of that is based on communication and it brings us to our next question. Could you tell us about doctor-patient communication in your daily practice and, and what's it like?
2: Well, this is a very dynamic process. First of all, we have to consider the age of the, chil- of the children and also the age of the parents the social background and the, and many many other many other factors. This is something you have to be very quick in 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 making a, a scenario where you can integrate all these things together. And then um, the relations should be led uh, by the doctor and try to adapt to the to the children's and parents' necessities. And uh, it is I think it's very dynamic, you know. I, I'm not sure if if we can have uh, specific rules because uh, you have to be very, very adaptable. The doctors must be, the pediatric dermatologist must be very flexible uh, because there are many, many, many uh, different uh, situations and considerations that are important. I think um, parents are usually afraid. I think it's happened to all of us. We care much more about our children, about our own children than that to ourselves. So you have to, Be careful with what you say, with how you treat them, and how you how you communicate. Communication is is key. All your gestures, all your expressions. You don't. You cannot lie to your to to your patients. You cannot lie to your parent to the the parents. But you you have to be honest. But you have to be very careful with communication. For example, the way you explain to parents could be different to the way you you explain to children, but sometimes we have to do it all at once. And the, the parents and the children are present at the office and you have to very carefully select the words you're going to say, because the two of them are going to listen to you and their perceptions can be completely different because they have different backgrounds, different ages and different different uh, uh, understanding of our of, doctor's words. So this makes it very it may complicated, difficult, but also very challenging. And I think it's, it's a very nice exercise for all, for all doctors to try to, to communicate with at the same time with parents and with children and with children with different ages and parents with different expectations, ages, social background, cultural background. And uh, um, I find it amazing and find it very challenging in every patient that comes into the office.
0: What is your advice you would give to young doctors who are considering to choose pediatric dermatology as their specialty? And and what's the most rewarding part of dealing with pediatric patients?
2: Well, as I said before, I didn't choose it. it pediatric dermatology appeared in my life, but after 30 years doing it, I think it's the best choice I could have ever done because you know the patients are most rewarding. So when you see a child and... Uh, the way they they look at you, the way they think of you, and the way they treat you, it's uh, absolutely different than for, with than with any other uh, with with an adult or any other patient. So, uh, for the for for the type of patients, for the expectations they put on you, and how challenging it is, for how uh, difficult it is, because sometimes it, there's an added difficulty. In, in not only in the patient doctor doctor relation, but also in treating these uh, patients. But also, uh, I think, he, uh, re in, in from the point of view of a scientist or for, of a dermatologist practicing, I think you can see the most spectacular things in your life when you're dealing with children. So it's absolutely rewarding and trying to help them, uh, trying to help children to raise and uh, and um, and help them to be a somehow to be adults with with their skin conditions i think it's something that is unvaluable
0: and i think seychelle has some questions for you now
1: yeah we would like to talk about jdv clinical practice dr torello you have a unique role as the first ever editor-in-chief of the jdv clinical practice you would like to learn more about the journal itself as well as the challenges and advantages that came with your position could you please tell us about what the jdv clinical practice is
2: Well, the GADV Clinical Practice, or GACP in abbreviation, is a new journal. It's an open access, online-only journal. But it's going to be uh, published along with the classic and very well-known and prestiged GADV. And we expect it to be um, um, a, a companion title with GADV. And we will be mostly focusing on clinical practice issues but uh, uh, for clinical dermatologists, but also for surgical dermatologists, aesthetic dermatologists, and venereologists. And we expect to cover the most uh, important and uh, up-to-date topics that uh, the the, the dermatologists in all types of environments, not only the academic um, centers, but also in the private offices, they may need for the right, uh, correct, and up-to-date development of uh, their specialty, whatever it is.
1: And what do you perceive to be the key characteristics that could set the JCP apart from other dermatology journals?
2: So this is a difficult question, but I think we would focus first of all in our topics. We are going to focus on clinical issues. Uh, we also want we'd like would like to have clinical research in our in our journal. And uh, but uh, I think. We want to be mostly visual, mostly impacting with uh, what the, the, the most beautiful part of dermatology, which is what you see. When you see. Most of us became the, uh, dermatologists because we lacked the visual part of it. And we, are, uh, we, we were appealed about how much important it is that you don't need any kind of, of, of imaging, um, uh, big device, because you can see it with your eyes. And so the visual impact of dermatology and the visual and and the uh, and the capability of a dermatologist to develop our, our magnificent clinical practice with just your eyes and your mind that makes it uh, completely appealing. So we'd like to focus on this. We also want to focus on uh, the digital platform because we can we can leverage a lot of of of. Uh, Possibilities that the digital platform uh, have, can offer, for example, videos or, or slide decks or presentations, whatever whatever that can be presented, anything can, that can be presented in the internet is uh, is good for us, and we want to sh- to put people together because there are I know there are many dermatologists doing wonderful things, wonderful techniques, and uh, it's difficult to, for them to share them with uh, the with the uh, dermatologic community. And finally, I think we also want to focus on patient's care. And patient's care, not only from the medical point of view, but also we want also to care about what patients think, what patients feel, and also how to correctly interact with them. And this is uh, another, I think it's another important key point for our journal.
1: What are the immediate next steps and how do you envision the JCP developing in the next couple of years?
2: Well, we've spent a lot of time in developing uh, the website, setting up the, the editorial board, the, the basic uh, uh, aspects of, of how a, a journal should work. And now we, I think we've got it and now we're ready to receive submissions. So the next steps is, I think, basically promotion let as many people as possible know that we are having this new journal, and then to start working with a lot of enthusiasm with the uh, with the submissions. Then we will try to give uh, this the submissions a, a, a presentation mode that is uh, uh, appealing to all readers. Readers are going to be uh, people who are online. This is not. This is going to be a non non-printed um, journal. So. Um, we will focus on, on on bringing attention of people by impacting visual um, images and uh, and uh, all kind of of material that is impacting, in the uh, so that the uh, readers can learn or can improve their practice just by observing and letting things from their eyes go right into their heads.
1: As the editor in chief. How does a day in the life of an Editor-in-Chief look like?
2: Well, I think it's like anybody else's day, but uh, I have a, another duty, which is to take care of the submissions. So initially an Editor-in-Chief is responsible for uh, a first look to the submission. And if it's, uh, if it's uh, good enough, it's sent to an Associate Editor. And the Associate Editor will then select peer reviewers and when they get the review, the reviews and the associate editor will send it back to the editor in chief for the final decision so it's it's basically to um, put the article in a in in the right lane and when you get it back when the editor gets it back to make a right decision i know this takes time but it's uh, it may be sometimes difficult because sometimes you have to make decisions that uh, maybe the contributors may not understand very well, but this is part of the discussion with the authors, which is very—I think—it's very rewarding, and I think it's very good for the two of them, and uh, both for the contributors and also for the for the, for myself as editor in chief. So uh, I'm really excited about this job and about uh, communicating with with uh, with the contributors and also with the readers. I would like. I would also like to, to have a criticism from readers uh, whatever they like or whatever they don't will be really good for us it will make us improve daily.
1: And what kind of manuscripts would you like to receive and what do you consider the most important criteria to accept or reject an article?
2: So I think the common factor to to these two questions in one is quality we want quality um, we want uh, submissions with, with high quality, we want High quality pictures, high quality videos, anything that's uh, visual of high quality is good for us. And uh, high quality text, any 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 new new ideas, uh, anything that's new, anything that uh, means an improvement for the clinical practice of the whole community is 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 very much welcome uh, to us. And uh, um, besides quality, um, there's a lot of we can we can. If we have an article with enough quality, we can it is our job in the editorial team to make it better and to make it more appealing for the readers. So that's the part of our job, but we would like to have the higher quality um, um, highest quality as possible uh, submissions, and uh, we promise that we will do our best to make it even better if possible.
1: And since you have this patient page section in the GECP, uh, what could be some interesting topics that could be this addressed related to pediatric dermatology?
2: Well, there, I think uh, there are many uh, topics to, that are acceptable for the patient's page. I think it's not only testimonials or, or how people how patients deal with uh, with their skin diseases, but there are also many, many many questions arising especially from the patient uh, associations and uh, uh, not only they can be related with the patient doctor relationship how to make patients to to become more adherent to therapy how to better communicate with them how to um to create an, an environment which is appropriate for children in the consultation and also this should be um appropriate for all ages and all different settings when we are practicing um, not only pediatric dermatology issues as we've been speaking before but we also have a lot of uh, a, very, a lot of ancient population in europe and uh, these uh, patients are also needing special attention and uh, as i say there are so many many things to discuss about our relation with patients i think this page is not only dedicated for patients, it's also for doctors. And I would like them to to take into consideration every day if we are doing well with our patients and how can we be better to them and how can we um, improve our uh, therapeutic success with a better doctor-patient relationship, which is always helpful in these kind of issues. Finally, we want to promote information that is credible, realistic, and appropriate for uh, for patients to read in the, in, in the form of many different handouts or um, um, visual material, um, patient education, therapeutic education. Oh, there's a huge, there's a whole lot to do in this, in, in this patient's page.
1: Sounds very interesting. Yes,
0: it does. Hmm.
1: And lastly, uh, what does the decision-making process look like from the editor-in-chief's perspective?
2: Well, our duty as an editorial team is to make a decision. And the decision is simple, accept or reject. If you accept, you have to step it up to the best. And uh, um, it is not easy because sometimes there are many factors influencing your decision making. And uh, factors that can influence may be as as trivial as if you have friendship with the contributor that's writing an article and you have to reject it. Or if uh, if there if there's a very important senior author that you don't want to be um, uh, affected by the uh, by the decision, so I think we try. Uh, um, I've been I've been working in in editing uh, journals for more than twenty years, and uh, uh, I try to be, to get aside of all these kind of, of factors that are. Uh, absolutely not intrinsic to the quality of the article. So I try always to focus on how to make it better, how to make it publishable, even though it's not the best article. But there's always something you can get out of from uh, uh, um, uh, average or or quite uh, not too brilliant uh, submission. But there's always a teaching value. And we we really pursue teaching value in the... In the GACP, and the teaching, and you can have a teaching value from virtually nothing, and uh, this is what we, uh, what did. that's our job, that's our mission. But uh, on the other hand, sometimes you have to make a decision of reject, and uh, uh, I know that the uh, contributors may feel disappointed by this, but uh, you know it, it's uh, that's that's what happens every day, and. Uh, uh, the best journals are rejecting a lot of articles, articles that are potentially very good. And uh, it doesn't mean that the, the contributor's job has not been good enough. It's maybe because of of uh, a space uh, constraints that you cannot accept everything you want to accept. In this regard, I think the GACP will have an um, an unlimited space, and we can be more um, have a high rate of acceptability. But uh, Believe me that we will try to be as fair as possible. And uh, we'll try to, every article that's accepted should have a teaching value, should have something of interest to the community of dermatologists and and should be in the best format. And that's definitely our mission.
0: So thank you very much for being with us, and thanks for sharing your perspective, and we look forward to seeing you in the future.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure, and I also want to thank the EADV for this opportunity. And uh, my only message is, we welcome you in the GADV clinical practice. Please, be, be contributors, and also, even most important, be critical readers, and let us know what you think about it.
0: We would like to thank Dr. Torello for sharing his information, his knowledge, and letting us know what's coming up next with the JEACP.
1: The research discussed today can be found in the Journal of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology. Though you can find free access and open access articles, EADB members benefit greatly by having access to all articles and content. Links to the articles can be found in the summary to today's podcast.
0: We would like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you follow us on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts to make sure you get the newest episodes delivered right to you. We appreciate you joining us and look forward to presenting more interviews, research, and other topics of merit. Until the next episode,
1: take care of your skin.